What's going on, my friends? Leo Cannell here with Seven Figures Nation, the Seven Figures Club podcast. Today, my friends, we have an amazing guest for you. For everyone who's looking to grow and scale a business, for everybody who's looking for a better life, maybe you're still you know, working a job, looking at opportunities to grow, we have an amazing guest on for you today. Today, we have the lovely Elena Schwartz, who is an international speaker, best-selling author, and elite performance coach who is passionate about helping high achievers to double and triple their income and impact while working 20 to 30 hours a week less. With over 25 years of experience in entrepreneurship, she is intimately familiar with the sacrifice often made for profitability. Now she uses cutting-edge tools to support her clients in making shifts at the DNA level to align with their purpose so they can move out of stress and into joyful, sustainable, seven figures plus success. Elena, you sound like just a perfect guest for the podcast. Welcome. <laughs> there are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Leo. It's a delight to be here. Well, since the podcast is titled The Seven Figures Club, and we're trying to do everything we possible to help people to join that club, and less than 5 to 7% of business owners get there, and obviously an even smaller percent of the population. So, and I love that your website, the first thing you say is there's a difference between pushing to seven figures and beyond or attracting it. And so we're definitely going to want to dive into that. Before we do, though, we love to learn more about your story, your background, what were some of the key events, you know, as you look back in your life that led you to taking the path towards entrepreneurship? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. You know, uh, I started out as a lawyer in the music industry in New York City for really. That must be cutthroat. Is that cutthroat? <laughs> Uh, it can be, you know, it's an yeah. interesting thing. What made me a unique attorney is that I'm a trans, I was a transactional attorney and it's about okay. relationships. And so many yeah. people were about hammering the other party over the head based on how much leverage they had. And it would oh. ruin, it would blow up relationships. People didn't oh, want to yeah. work together as a result. I saw that early on and my attitude was how do we get the best deal for everyone, but they continue to want to work together and it builds trust rather than fraying the trust, right? So it made me kind of unique in that perspective. And it's interesting because that actually, what I just described that I used to do, led to an offer to become the executive vice president of the largest independent music company at the time. In the, wow. Yeah. I know Remarkable. it was. And I kept thinking because I really didn't like lawyering and I kept thinking the more successful I became, the uh, the happier I would be. And when I took that gig, I was absolutely miserable and it made me very physically oh, wow. ill. I was working 60 to 80 hour weeks. By the time oh, yeah. I had time off, I was like exhausted. I had no time to enjoy the money, the like yeah. abundance of money I was earning at the time. 
And so it was one of the things that actually, because I literally just walked away from it. I was like, this isn't my purpose. It was so clear to me. I was not living my purpose. I had no idea what it was. I don't recommend this to other people, but I could not take it anymore. And I just walked away from all of that success to go in search of my purpose. I would recommend hiring a coach and learning what to do before you do that. I just leaped. And that leap leaped me right into a dark night of the soul. So I watched all the structures of my life collapse, like a very sweet nest egg became massive debt. My relationship with my husband went up in flames. Now my ex-husband, I mean, just across the board, it just kind of decimated my life. And in that destructuring, it allowed a restructuring, which was actually for me to find my purpose because I found all kinds of mindset tools and techniques that not only helped me liberate my thinking and get out of the living hell I was had put myself in, but also understand the nature of reality and how our minds work in a different way. And I hired a purpose coach then. And it became very clear to me that my purpose is helping entrepreneurs not do what I did <laughs> because so much of my career as a lawyer was an entrepreneur. Like I was responsible for my own book of business and my own income along the oh, way. Yeah. And I did create a multiple six figure business doing that. So I was determined to do that as a coach. And I created six figures in seven months in my first year of coaching and then proceeded to trash it again. So I went back to doing, I built a lifestyle business, but then I went back to doing what I know how to do, which is work harder to create success. And it was through the burnout that I experienced yet again that I went, this is not the way to do this. And I became determined to figure it out, to figure time out, to figure success out in a way that flows and is easeful rather than the no pain, no gain version of it. Elena, I know there's a lot of our audience and listeners who, you know, are in that situation where they're working, you know, for a job, a company that they don't really like, and they're looking for a way out. What were some of the things you learned about the transition you made that can help people to, hey, here's a few steps that you want to take before you make that jump. Here's some things to consider. What would you say to that person who's thinking about that, but unsure of what what the process should look like? Yeah, I, I built the plane as I flew it, which I honestly do not recommend. It's a much harder, it's a much harder journey. Like if you have to, you have to, but it's a much yeah. harder journey. So when you're first starting out, and Leo, you've been in business a long time yourself, so you may understand this, but when you're starting out, like people think, because I have this amazing skill, I can translate it into a business. And that's only one aspect of a business is the service delivery part of it. There's a whole bunch of foundational pieces you need to understand as a business owner that most people don't when they go into business for themselves. They may have one aspect of it. Maybe they know how to do sales, but they don't understand messaging and marketing and they don't have the mindset for it. And that's actually what I experienced as the biggest thing. When I worked with newbie entrepreneurs, that is the biggest thing because so many people are raised with an employee mindset. It's a middle-class oh, mindset. Yeah. Even if your parents were professionals, it's like you're accustomed to getting a paycheck. And when you only eat what you kill, all of a sudden, all kinds of limiting beliefs come up that you didn't experience when you had the J-O-B, 
right? And that all of a sudden make it like really scary to do what you're doing, knowing, okay, now whether I put food on the table for myself or my family is determined upon me and me alone. Nobody's paying that paycheck anymore. So that is one of the biggest things that I think if entrepreneurs, if, if you know, newbie entrepreneur startups would get ahead of time, they could then jump into it in a much, build a much more solid foundation than trying to learn that along the way. Huge, huge value bomb that Elena just shared with everyone there. You might be really good. You might have a skill set that you do really well. Maybe you're classified as, as what they would call a technician. Like you could do this thing really well, but there's so much more to the business, right? To actually launch that and turn that into a business, there has to be credibility. There has to be reputation. You have to be set up legally. You've got to have the website, the marketing. There's so many different factors. And then, and then you made a really even probably bigger point. You have to have the right mindset. You have to graduate from employee mindset to now business owner mindset. And no one teaches these things in high school, in college. These are things that you need to be able to learn. And for a lot of people, there's a real struggle to learn those things. So for you, what were some of the steps you took to sort of bridge this gap of becoming, you know, a great, uh, you know, technician who could do something really well. I mean, you were, you went to law school, you're an attorney, you're working in the high echelons of the music industry in New York City, which was one of the most powerful, especially in that uh, day and age. I mean, that was where music took place. But to then transition to an entrepreneur, I mean, what what were some of the things that you learned along the way? Well, I mean, what ended up happening is when my business actually, when I trashed my business in my second year of business, I ended up over the next four years of investing over $150,000 in programs that actually, I didn't get results from those programs, but what it did was teach me what I needed to know. Right. Teach me the the steps for me to put together. I pull a piece from here, pull a piece from here, pull a piece from here, because ultimately people are teaching you the strategies that worked for them. They may not work for you. They may not even be aligned with your business, but I got value from each piece, even though those strategies didn't work for me. And it helped me build the foundation that I needed for my business. And most importantly, I fixed what was up here because, I mean, here I am. Here I am, Leo, as a coach who helps people double and triple their income, yet I couldn't do it for myself. My clients were getting phenomenal results, but I couldn't do it for myself. So the shame and the guilt that I was experiencing was excruciating and was preventing me from accelerating my profits. And once I really started to do the deep work that actually I teach now to my clients, without changing any strategy in my business in 13 months, I seven times my income, seven times. Just from fixing this. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what everybody doesn't understand how powerful the mindset is because we have all these false beliefs and then we make decisions based on these false beliefs. What are a couple of the different key mindsets that you know lead to that type of growth that people need to be aware of and start uh, implementing and, and building up that type of mindset in their life? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm going to talk on both ends of the spectrum, the mindsets that keep people from it and then the mindsets that are really important. I love it. I work with entrepreneurs and help them scale. One of the things I see is some version of you have to work hard to succeed. Right. I talked about is no pain, no gain. You have to work hard to succeed. I was raised with you have to work hard to succeed. You know, so it was what I knew how to do right to succeed. It's what you do as lawyers. 
And so that's a big one. So your value comes from something external to you, your accomplishments, how much money you have, your value comes from that, your worth comes from that. That's a big one. So understanding that your worth is intrinsic to yourself and it has nothing to do with how much money you earn or what you accomplish is absolutely essential. Now, one of the things is a fear of failure, right? So many entrepreneurs fear failing because we learn that mistakes aren't okay. Like you go to school, right? You get in trouble because you made a mistake. Mistakes are not okay. Your parents punished you in some version of that probably when you made a mistake. So you learn mistakes are not okay. So now there's so much on the line and making a mistake, you, you internalize it. People tend to internalize it as they're the failure because of it. So understanding that failure is just data, feedback, and information of learning how to take the feedback, be able to pivot and iterate as a result, and learn how to fail fast and fail forward, right? That's one of the things that I see that keeps so many people back. And and also, interestingly, conversely, the fear of success. So many of my clients fear that they're going to end up being alone because when they get to a certain level of success, they already see that they're starting to outgrow their circle. And so they're afraid that they're going to outgrow everyone around them and they're going to be alone. And that, I mean, you've heard it like expressions, it's lonely at the top, right? Well, it doesn't have to be lonely at the top, but people believe those kinds of things. And again, internalize them and it keeps them from a level of success that's totally possible. I mean, we were born to be a success. We were actually encoded to be successful at our purpose. It's not possible except if we get in our own way. No question about it. So some important mindsets uh, that you just dropped there that you explained to everybody that we need to be aware of and failure. Failure is is the whole process of entrepreneurship. And you're exactly right. The way we are raised from the time we're kids and our parents didn't mean to, but this is how they raised us. You know, you don't want to make that mistake. You don't want to, you don't have that red mark. But when you're an entrepreneur, that's how we learn. And so you have to be resilient and understand it's not a mistake. It's it's part of the the growing, the journey of becoming a business mm-hmm. owner, figuring out, okay, that that product didn't quite work. But I heard the, you know, a lot of my prospects say this. So maybe if I add this or if I pivot or right. if I if I provide it uh, in a different way, more valuable, I create a competitive advantage. And that's where you start to learn. And marketing, marketing is such a great example of, okay, that marketing campaign didn't work. We're going to cut that one off. This one, we saw some results. We're going to increase there. And so it's this process of understanding that failure is not even the right word. It's just, it's part of the stepping process. You're going to learn that this doesn't work. And then I love you say, then we pivot, make improvements. And the problem I think that we all have, especially I did as a young entrepreneur is, you think there's this holy grail thing. Oh, if I just learned this one thing. And so then you chase all these shiny objects and the person who has all the solutions right along, it's you because you're the one in that business. You're the one building that. You're the one with the experience. And so it's you creating those solutions and understanding there's not a holy grail. The holy grail is in your mind of finding and creating the right product or service that is going to be different, unique, and provide more value and results for your clients and customers in the marketplace. And when you figure that out, then you can grow and take the next step. And that's what a lot of people really struggle with. And so for you, it's I, I feel like a lot of people, this happens. You experience some success and then you have a second fall. And, and I certainly had that before this company. I had started another company out of my home. We grew from zero to $5 million really, really fast. And then I brought in partners who didn't share my values and principles. 
long story short, I started with another $150,000 in debt and had to start over falling behind on my mortgage in my house. And now, you know, fast forward five years later, and this time we did it right. How important are the right values and principles that you actually, you know, write out as, as a part of you building the right business? I, that's a great question. I really love everything you just shared there. Uh, Cause I think that is really important. You know, it, I think it's just as important to be clear on your values and why you value them, right? Because so many of the things that we put on values, we've been told by other people to value. So, so many of our values aren't even our own to begin with. And when you start investigating what's really important to you, what's really valuable, I cannot tell you how many entrepreneurs I work with tell me that family is valuable to them, yet they spend barely any time with their family. Yeah. So it's like, okay, but that's a value, but there's a disconnect there. It's incongruent with what you say you value because based on how you're running your business. So that means you then want to create a lifestyle business so you can actually spend time and have fun with your family as well, right? So for many people, they believe there are trade-offs rather than this is what I value. This is what is going to be the root, the foundation of my business to allow me to grow upon and I am going to learn how to be able to create what I want in a way that actually serves me. So we, so our businesses serve us, not just us serving our businesses. That, that for me is really key. But you have to investigate whose values are those anyway. Oh, I love that because a lot of people will just copy. Oh, I like that. But I like what he said, she said. But when you can take it and even just put a different twist on it with your own words, and then for me, I you know when we started this business from day one, we 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 printed them out, put them in in a picture frame, slapped them on the wall, and then as we build our team, everybody walked in knowing, hey, our first value and principle is we're going to do what we say we're going to do. We're going to move heaven and earth to keep our word. And boy, if you can do that, guys, you're going to be in the top ninety percent of businesses. And so, what were some of the solutions you started to create for your customers and clients with your business? that started to provide this proof of concept because that's what a lot of people miss and they they just dive into entrepreneurship, but they don't have quite have that proof of concept in a product or a service that delivers the result that the market, the customer, the client wants. What were some of the results you started to provide for your clients? You're like, okay, I've got something here. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I guess I knew early on that I had something because I was watching people turn their businesses around so quickly, like radically oh, so quickly. Awesome. And part of it is that so many people have been going like pushing the boulder up the hill, pushing the boulder, and they're inching, inching, inching. It's like an inchworm and it becomes so painful and they get so exhausted and tired. And when they learn why they're self-sabotaging themselves, that that was the biggest thing of like me helping people understand. Everybody has self-sabotage patterns. How they show up for everybody is different. It's unique based on your own insecurities. Your subconscious mind will play on your own insecurities to make you buy into this thing to say, oh yeah, this is really true. I was talking to an, an entrepreneur on a sales call the other day and he was talking about why he hadn't done something and he had one excuse after the other. And I was like, you know, those are all excuses, right? And he laughed for a minute and he went, yeah, I guess I do. But it's like, we, we will get like, no, this is real. I have to pay attention to this and it will sabotage us 
from focusing on our business. So the first thing I realized is that by helping people overcome their self-sabotage patterns, then because your, your ego mind, your subconscious mind wants you to keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again, because it knows not dead. If Leo keeps doing this, then Leo is not dead. And I know Leo is safe. And the job of the subconscious mind is to keep you alive. Right. But when you step out into uncertainty and known, which is where everything you want lies, it's like the subconscious mind freaks out and goes, I don't know if you're going to survive if you go out there. So it self-sabotages you to pull you back into that comfort zone. So when you start understanding what your sabotaging patterns is and actually clearing them out of the way, it allows you to take that action and stay out here rather than keep keep going back and forth and back and forth. And now you start to see quantum leap growth rather than incremental growth. Exactly right. And one of the key things you talk about, you know, consistently helping your clients who are business owners and entrepreneurs create is shaving hours off of your work week by building a business that you can work on instead of always working in. And there's this difficult graduation that many business owners never make, where they never graduate out of the technician and doing you know, the work because they think, oh, no one can do it better than me. And they never actually build a business that they can go on vacations, that they can spend the time with family. Now, at the beginning, you've got to put the time in. You have to do the extra work because that's how building the foundation is. But what does that transition look like that they need to be able to make to bridge that gap between being the technician working 80 hours a week and now being able to scale back and actually have a business that works on its own? I'm going to be a little um, controversial here. I don't actually think you have to put in those hours in the beginning. Right. I think you can put in the same hours. I think they just have to be focused. Like studies have shown that the average eight hour person who works an average eight hour day, they're actually only productive three and a half to four of those hours. That means four to four and a half hours are not productive. So if you were to come into your business and you actually had a solid six hours of productivity, you'd get absolute like massive results from that. But most people haven't trained them. They're not consistent. They're not disciplined, right? So as a result, they waste a lot of time. And also, again, you know, I wrote a post this morning about the no pain, no gain, because when you have that attitude, what happens is you could have the easiest path in front of you, and yet you will overlook it. You tend to overlook it because you think it has to be so much harder than that. So we make it so much harder than it has to be. So one, I mean, there's so many ways that I work with my clients on being able to collapse their time. One is to understand that when you're in your sympathetic nervous system, which is some form of fight, flight, or freeze, aka stress, right? You cannot access higher levels of intelligence, creativity, inspiration, ideas. You see what's in front of you. That's all you see is what's in front of you. And, and I'll give you a perfect example. It's, it's my own personal example. Many years ago, I was working with a coach and I was like sort of new to social media. And she said to me, you have to put out three posts a week. And I was putting out one post a week and the post was taking me two hours to do, two hours. Wow. And so I went three, that's six hours. And I was already working a lot at that time. This was the period when I was working a lot. And so I went, okay, well, what can help me get me out of my head and into my body? And there were three things. When I coach my clients, I'm very present. When I meditate, I'm very present. And when I dance, I'm very present. So I'd crank up a tune and I'd start dancing for five minutes. And then I would sit down and write. And within a month, I collapsed those six hours into an hour and a half. Unbelievable. What a, what a huge value bomb, just taking time and being so much more productive. The problem is 
we don't always use calendars, right? Where we're doing all this work that's actually not leading us to productivity. And so many studies yes. agree with what you're saying. Like there are so many hours a day that you can be productive and beyond that, you're not productive. And so that's why it's important to make sure you're actually working on the right stuff. So I know a lot of the audience at this point, Elena, is thinking, wow, this is actually what I need to actually start making progress in my business and growing while others are flatlining. I want to be growing and I want to be able to work more effective and efficiently and have more time to do the things that I love with the family that I, I say I'm working so hard for. And so what's the next step that they can take today? Because this is an action-taking podcast, not a passive podcast, that they can take today to start moving closer and learning how to integrate and implement these strategies and tools that you've been teaching entrepreneurs to do for years. Yeah, well, if you haven't already guessed, Leo, I am extremely passionate about helping entrepreneurs work less. I've been in that grind. I understand how it leads to burnout. I've been there. I've sacrificed my own life and my own health for yeah. profitability. So I am so passionate about helping entrepreneurs work less. And I've created a brief PDF that gives you three steps that you can take right now to collapse 20 to 30 hours off of your work week. And I would wow. love to share it with your audience because these are the exact three steps that I use for people who pay me well over $50,000 to coach with them. So it, they can get that at www.alenaschwartz.com forward slash time, www www.alenaschwartz.com forward slash time. Outstanding, everybody. That's A-L-A-I-N-A-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z.com forward slash time. So you can start getting your time back, being more productive and efficient and doing it in such a way that you're creating a business that works on its own without you having to do all the work and making sure you're actually working on the right things. And that's how she's helped so many entrepreneurs to create a business they love instead of a business that's turned into a really busy job that's just taking away everything out of them and leading, as you say, to burnout. So again, guys, make sure you go to elenaschwartz.com forward slash time and take action and implement what you learn and go further down this path so that you can build a business that you love. That said, Elena, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. But what is the final word you would leave with the audience to make sure that they're taking the right action to success? Get help. I mean, honestly, that's it. Get yep. the right support. Yes. None of us have done this on our own. We've all had support along the way. And those who were the most successful probably had more support. And the key is to get the right support, whether it's with me or somebody else who you resonate with, just get the support. It's worth the investment. And so many people look at it as debt. It's not debt. There's an ROI. There's a return on investment for investing in yourself. When you are a business owner, you are your greatest asset. So invest in the asset to grow it. Amen, everybody. You can try to create, recreate the wheel or just find someone who's already done it and follow the roadmap to success. Elena, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Leo. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.